0: I'm afraid I'm going to forget to say this at the end, so I want to say it now. If you haven't been checking your mail for our Patreon subscribers, we did send you something for Valentine's Day. I know Michael Stinson got his, so we thank us for that. I want to say, if you're a Patreon subscriber, that we have your address. You got mailed something. If we don't, we're not psychic.
1: And if you're Michael Vinos, we guessed yours based on the internet.
0: <laughs> yeah, and if you are our most engaged listener... Or our most active listener, whatever I said, you also got one. Hopefully, I put the address right.
1: Y'all heard?
0: Okay, one, two, three. Hey, Hey everybody!
1: everybody.
0: This is y'all heard. A podcast where me, Marissa Phillips,
1: and me, Pete Phillips,
0: are not related in this life.
1: And we're just two rad dads who get together and talk about what it's like to raise kids in a pandemic.
0: Yeah, we are. Oh, man. Oh, God, I wish. I wish we just did a whole episode in character as two dads. Is that a thing that exists?
1: I mean, there's dad podcasts out there, yeah.
0: No, but is there a podcast called Two Rad Dads?
1: <laughs> oh, not that I know of. <laughs>
0: God, I wish I wish me and Pete lived in the same city still, and that we were both like confident we enough. Would
1: a, we would have a podcast network where we host all the
0: shows. <laughs> well, no, I was going to step further. I wish we were, like confident, like be like, let's do sketch comedy for a year, <laughs> and that's one of the sketches because man, that'd be beautiful. Anyway, uh, in other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Uh, I saw a podcast today called things you didn't need to know but i misread it and i was like fuck these people <laughs> but no it wasn't exactly our our slogan not that that's our podcast anyway but uh, how are you pete
1: i'm okay i have had um acid reflux that i have not had in a long long time for like the past two or three days so
0: think it's stress related
1: um i hope not i mean what do i have to be stressed about everything in my life is great
0: yeah, as we talked about, you and me have relatively easy lives. However, our minds make it not easy. <laughs> they think you don't deserve to bitch. <laughs> okay, that is my motto. No matter what your life is, you deserve to complain.
1: Um, it's not a competition, Marissa, but I just wanted to tell you that my girlfriend is so cool that she went back and listened to our podcast. And learned that one of the things that I really, really want on Valentine's Day is a Reese's heart. And she got me one.
0: Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Uh, My boyfriend is so cool that I told him never to listen to our podcast, and he never has. <laughs> Thank God. That wasn't a passive-aggressive jab at my boyfriend. I specifically said, please never listen to our podcast. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he hasn't. I definitely would have heard if he had. Uh, anyway, uh, that's great. I, I meant to ask what she bought you, but then, I don't know. I felt really cheesy because, like, I've never even, like, really celebrated Valentine's Day. But suddenly, like, this year I was like, let's celebrate. But I didn't mean, like, buy me things. I meant, like, let's just, like, do something fun. So I was bought some stuff. I was bought, like, a dress and some flowers and, 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 like, sugar-free candy I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I didn't know that was a thing we were doing. Again, not that it's, you know, gift for gift, but I I would have done more than just make a card. So I don't know how to do Valentine's Day, guys, because I never have. <laughs> Maybe I did a time or two, but my boyfriend's like, why? And I was like, I don't know. It's probably a coping mechanism that I, I just say I hate Valentine's Day. Do I really? I don't even know anymore. I was like, I don't know anymore what I actually hate and what I've conditioned myself to say I hate so that I could be alternative and not let down.
1: Perhaps this is part of you reinventing yourself.
0: <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, anyway. that's That's something.
1: I also, anyway. uh, Marissa was, uh, virtually by my side during my, uh, from you flowers debacle from Valentine's Day, in which I ordered flowers and asked for them to uh, arrive early so that I could put them into a vase myself without having to buy one because I had one. And it wasn't really mm-hmm. a vase, it was a big mason jar. <laughs> and I didn't buy it. or Anyway, um, and then I got ribbon and I was going to tie a little bow around it and I did tie the bow around the mason jar and I brought the empty mason jar to my girlfriend's house because the flowers didn't arrive. Aww. And for four days <laughs> they did not arrive and just a dozen roses were sitting in a box somewhere in the world.
0: <laughs> they still looked good though.
1: And then I demanded my money back and I got my money back and then the flowers showed up, and they didn't, didn't look happen. great up close.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay, they look good in the picture.
1: They look good, but they don't look great.
0: Gotcha, okay.
1: <laughs> and maybe uh, that's just me being picky, but...
0: <laughs> I mean, well, I'm glad you got your money back. Uh, see, Pete, Pete is such a thoughtful person um, in that he like was going to put them in the vase himself and stuff like that. Um, I'm not used to having thoughtful people in my life. My boyfriend also, like, he, he Googled, like, how to make them last longer and then, like, cut the stems and put the water. And I have such low standards because people are so mean uh, that I was like, What? You cut the stems? And I was like, Yeah, I know. I know. I seem battered. I know. <laughs> I have hit everyone, just I, started weeping. <laughs> I just have very low standards.
1: She immediately became pregnant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, I had someone else to say. Flowers. Oh, also, I I have a I have a lot of flowers. I don't know what to do with them. I don't just want to throw them out. So I was like, oh, how can I preserve flowers? So I'm experimenting many ways. I'm drying numerous flowers. I try to dip a whole rose in Mod Podge. It's, it's, no, don't do that. It is, <laughs> it is gross. Uh, uh, yeah, anyway. If anyone has any ideas about how to preserve flowers... I might press some. So thank you, Shelby, Uh, uh for for pitching that to me. Uh, Yeah, so...
1: I have um, a fantastically humorously named product called Stiffening Spray.
0: Mmm! For your (laughs) peen?
1: It was for the year that... I think maybe the last year that I had a Christmas party where I made these little... Houses out of felt, and the stiffening spray helped them sort of like keep their form and not just fall apart. Um, But so like it's light enough. Anyway, that's what I I was like. Hey, maybe stiffening spray on a flower would keep it.
0: (laughs) So here's the thing: it's not just about keeping it; it's about the fact that if there's any moisture in it,
1: it'll get mold.
0: So how? Yeah, I'm so the drying
1: out has to happen.
0: I think so. They had to microwave one. Oh, I also microwaved one, and that was gross. <laughs> it's stupid. Anyway, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to ask. Do you have an icebreaker? I do. Okay, thank God. <laughs> icebreaker.
1: Marissa, today I um, was browsing the headlines looking for icebreaker ideas, uh-huh. and I discovered uh, a website aggregated a bunch of lists of the worst rock bands of all time. Mm. And they determined that the top three worst rock bands of all time, or most hated, I think, is the is the way that they used it, were Nickelback at one, yes. Limp Bizkit at two, and Creed at three.
0: Ooh, I don't even know what they sound like, but I feel like Stained should beat Creed.
1: My question for you is, <laughs> Stained got like, when Aaron Lewis left Stained and started a solo career as a country uh-huh. artist, yeah, I think uh, that sort of, like, let them off the hook a little bit.
0: Got it. Okay.
1: My question is, Fred Durst, Scott Stapp, and whoever runs Nickelback, is all Chad three of them. Chad- I'm sorry?
0: Is Chad Kroger, the guy who married uh, Avril Lavigne, is he Nickelback? Uh Maybe. Uh, oh yeah, he is, okay. Oh, he but looks
1: like such a code, okay. All their front men immediately die. Okay. They're all in a bus, and they get, they just drive off a mountain. And all They're three all right
0: acts. on a bus to, like, have a threesome in Vegas. Like, something so cliche.
1: <laughs> all three oh, sorry.
0: acts. A oh, threesome, there was a woman involved. <laughs> not just the three of them going to Vegas to fuck each other. Sorry, continue.
1: We're already on a bus, why are we going to Vegas? <laughs> so all three bands come to you and they say look we want to continue the band please be our front woman which one are you going to pick
0: I guess Limp Biscuit. me too <laughs> yeah right um I is weird I don't even understand now if they're not a Christian band if they still it's just it is a lot of controversy and I feel like I would feel conflicted about it and, uh, I don't even remember what Nickelback sings, but I know it's so gross that I don't even want to. Look touch at this it. photograph! Oh, <laughs> that's yeah, the only that's song the- I know.
1: <laughs> and somehow uh, everybody hates them. That's the only song I know.
0: <laughs> all I know is Limp Bizkit. I don't actually like Limp Bizkit, but part of them is like, like there's something funny to them. Like, I can laugh at yeah. a Limp Bizkit song. And when I was in middle school, I had fun singing Nookie. <laughs> <laughs> or elementary school. I don't know, whatever the hell age. Anyway, Lip Biscuit is more fun, and I don't know if they take themselves as seriously as the other two bands, so that's why I'd go with that. It would, you...
1: it would give me the opportunity to perform Faith live.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah! forgot about that one. I knew there was something that was like kind of fun that they did.
1: And um, in my head, and uh-huh. only in my head, I think that the song... $3 bill, y'all, or whatever it's called, Oh. is fun. But if you listen to it, please recognize that it's only in my head. When I listen to it my <laughs> ears go, stop this!
0: <laughs> okay, that's funny. I like that. Yeah, I mean also, just there's nothing even remotely redeeming about any either band. Right. Either other band yet, so.
1: The original um, though, the original red cap Fred Durst.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is before Trump
1: stole it from him.
0: <laughs> Trump? Did you say Trump? I like. that. Yeah.
1: Before MAGA stole it from.
0: Him. <laughs> I like. Uh, does Fred Durst, Did he do any other movies other than that weird woman John Girolta? Um, he's acted. Okay. And he, yeah, he. he directed
1: the John Girolta one. Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: Okay.
1: Hmm, weird. He acted in one that was like a small town, and Jeremy Sisto is in it, and I don't remember the the details of it, but I think it was a sheriff.
0: Okay, oh, that seems on point somehow. Uh, thank you, that was a fun icebreaker. You're welcome. Guys, we're, we're we're really short on time for this episode, so I'm trying not to say wrong things. <laughs> and, uh, so I was afraid... For, oh, no, the first time about- ever,
1: I'm trying to not be wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you uh, do you, you don't believe I'm with curses anymore, do you, or do you? No. Okay,
1: good. Only your big ones.
0: <laughs> like F-words? Or when I say no. like, something wrong?
1: Past past the F word.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's that. Yeah. Okay. So let's pretend I didn't do that sidebar. Speaking of fun, when I get bored, I look like to look at either Asian menus. I don't mean Chinese food in America. I mean menus in Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh or I like to look at gross old timey recipes. But sometimes they're so gross you do like did anyone really eat that? And if they did eat that, like, why did they eat that? That looks disgusting. Uh, so I was like, how do I even search? Like, I want some more info about this. So I, I was like, how do I even search this? So I Googled, why did we like gross recipes in the past? It didn't give me the exact results, but I poked around and eventually found it. Um, so, Pete, before I even get into this, like, when I say, like, like gross recipes of the past, or like retro recipes, like, do you have anything that comes into your mind?
1: Ambrosia you salad. What'd you say? Ambrosia salad.
0: Yes, although I would say certain kinds of ambrosia salad are good. Have you had ambrosia salad?
1: No, no. I, I just I, saw it in Edward hands. <laughs> see, uh, yeah,
0: I feel like I've had ambrosia salad when I was young, and it was good. Um, I feel like there's probably a recipe that involves mayonnaise, but if you just have it involve, like, whipped cream and marshmallow and fruit it's actually very good but yes that's about in the same vein of what I'm talking about Uh, so before I'm i going to talk about some recipes as an example and then kind of talk about some theories from a food historian as to why people ate that shit that looks really gross to us now Uh, I think my episode will be kind of short like I said we're a little bit short on time hopefully it's decent we will see First of all, before I go into some recipes that I find quote-unquote weird and or gross, um, some of the articles I read brought up the point that, you know, they might just be gross to us now after the fact and that it's very possible that future generations will think that a lot of things we eat now are also really gross and weird. Um, An example in this article was vegetable chips, which I don't think anyone's going to find like that weird in the future. Um... But they did pitch like maybe those burgers that have like portobello mushroom caps instead of like the <laughs> bread, or instead of the, or instead of the meat. Um, do you want to pitch any things that you think future generations might find weird?
1: I just thought of cotton candy for some reason.
0: What? That's delicious.
1: I know, but it's weird that you would eat a fabric.
0: It's not a fabric. <laughs> okay. Why don't I do my presentation then we'll ask <laughs> I actually don't have anything else of it either that was an interesting response okay some recipes so I made sure I was looking up like recipes straight out from uh like cookbooks from like the fifties sixties seventies things like that um first one is seven up milk uh this is pretty simple
1: I've had you that. mix
0: chilled is it good <laughs>
1: My, so growing up, we had an Aunt Jenny and she really wasn't our aunt. She was a friend of my grandmother's, but my grandmother had died and Aunt Jenny didn't have any kids or anything. So she lived with us and she would give us this when um, our stomachs hurt.
0: Oh, see, this is for like a treat. So it wasn't a treat. It was for your stomach. Yeah. Okay. Now this recipe pictures it as a little trick that makes a treat. Seven up and milk. Mix chilled Seven Up and cold milk in equal parts. Um, do not stir. The Seven Up adds a light and delicate flavor, making a delicious blended food drink. I don't know what it's called a food drink. Uh, mothers know that this is a wholesome combination. The addition of Seven Up gives milk a new flavor appeal that especially pleases children.
1: Because so lemon he- lime and milk is always up my alley.
0: <laughs> yeah, what did you? How did you think it tasted?
1: I thought it was good when I was a kid, but I, I think I tried it again much later, and I was like, "What the hell?" (laughs) But like, um, fundamentally, it seems like it makes sense that you know, like the Seven Up would be okay to like settle your stomach, and the milk might coat your stomach, that sort of thing. So it seemed like it made sense to me, (laughs) but yeah, I guess if I drank
0: like wait, milk with magnesium, is that for constipation or an upset stomach? Sure. Anyway, if I drank one of those milky stomach-coating things, Mm -hmm. okay, let's say I was like, ooh, let me drink some Pepto-Bismol. Oh, I still feel nauseous. Let me drink some ginger ale. Sure, but I'm not like, let me put this Pepto-Bismol in my ginger ale. I think it just sounds gross. It's your loss. Uh, Honestly, I wish I could try it out, but the best I have right now is almond milk and apple cider vinegar soda, which I'm not going to
1: try. Sounds just as good to me. Yeah,
0: those uh, Second up, pretty simple. But back in the day, they were advertising hot Dr Pepper. You heat up the Michael, the Michael. What? You heat up the Dr Pepper in a saucepan, and then you garnish it with a lemon. Honestly, maybe it sounds like a, a hot toddy or something. At best, I think it w- would taste like hot medicine.
1: If there was booze in it, yeah, you could, you could have me. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you sell it as a hot toddy, sure. Um, okay, here is this lime cheese salad. Now, a lot of the, by the way, can you hear the chimes going fucking crazy behind me?
1: Yeah, it's been, the hour has turned for about 10 minutes now. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't even, this is weird. I'm sorry. I live right next to a church. I can't help it. Anyway, so if you, like me, like to look at like retro recipes, a lot of it either has like mayonnaise or a lot of it has jello. So here's a classic jello recipe. This is called Lime Cheese Salad. It involves basically making a huge ring of lime jello with not just water, but also vinegar and grated onions mixed in. Uh, And then you fold in some cottage cheese and some mayonnaise. Okay, you chill that, make a mold shaped like a ring, and then you fill it with seafood salad. (laughs) So you get the lime flavors. You get the chunky cottage cheese with the mayo, and then some <laughs> food. and then everyone loves lime and onions. Uh, okay, another one is a tuna and pear salad. This is it has bread as its base, and it's I'm sorry, did I say salad? Yeah. I'm sorry, tuna and pear pizza.
1: <laughs> oh, that makes it worse.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, shaped like a pizza, and bread is its base. Uh, but basically, it is topped with a <laughs> tomato sauce that also has pears and tuna mixed in. And then it is garnished with anchovies and pickled walnuts, which I didn't even know existed.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. Uh, and my last one. Uh, I don't like the name of it, but these are called potato Fudge nuggets. <laughs> okay. Now, first of all, it's important to say that <clears throat> Kraft Foods used to have a product called Potato Fudge, which was just fudge you sold so that your kids would want to eat their potatoes because you put chocolate on a potato. <laughs> so it's just it's just like ice cream fudge. But anyway, and so this recipe for fudge. Nuggets. Uh, in a saucepan, you heat the potato fudge over low heat. Then you boil and dice potatoes, uh, and pour the melted fudge on top. Then you sprinkle with cocoa. I don't know. Is that a is that a side dish? Is that a dessert? Is it just trash? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so those are some examples of what I mean, like of retro recipes that I I'm just like. Who fucking eats that? It sounds gross. So, I went to fooddrinkmagazine.com. I don't know what that website is, but a food historian weighed in, and they had some interesting points to, to make about why would people publish these terrible recipes? Why would people even eat them? Were they not terrible then? Um, so, here are some points they brought up. First of all, in the past, food variety, which must lower than it is now uh these days in the supermarkets you can get all sorts of imported goods uh some of them like placed from like other countries like you can get like persimmons from asia you can get plantains from like latin america you could get a uh, durian fruit all sorts of things um but our food variety has expanded a lot mostly in the past 30 years so when you get further back it gets a little bit I don't know when this article was written, but <laughs> it might be forty years if it's written in like uh, two thousand. But you know what I mean. It's pretty recent that food variety has expanded in supermarkets. Um, so the further you, sorry, the further you go back, the less variety you'd see on the store shelves. Um, this was due to the difficulty in transporting foods affordably, uh, plus the fact that keeping foods fresh long enough uh, was difficult. Uh, a typical grocer in the 1960s would be considered well-stocked if they had more than, let's say, two types of onions. Uh, finding a roll of ciabatta bread uh, would probably require you go to a specialty bakery. And basically, since this food variety was lower, it was far more difficult to find ingredients that, I guess, necessarily would have more uh, the more advanced flavors and nuances of our. of our our meals today. Um, Affordability was different also. Oopsie. Sorry. So um, the type of food people can afford to buy changed drastically over the last 60 years. Like things we take for granted like apples and oranges were often unaffordable during the Great Depression and World War II. Um, So foods that were often made from low-quality ingredients or foods with a long shelf life were common so like your jellos your spams uh and when it came to fine cuts of meat or even foods we now consider to be standard people in the past rarely ever had the chance to cook them um so a lot of cookbooks out there were more experimental using as i just said things like spam and potted meat and getting wild with a can of tuna um and what? Wow, nice face.
1: This episode is <laughs> grosser for me. <laughs> really? Why? Just because of all the foods you're talking about. Oh,
0: <laughs> uh, I don't. You don't like spam?
1: I've not had spam. I
0: okay, love spam. I love potted meat, which is just like spam spread. Oh my god, it's so good. And I love Jello done right.
1: And she anyway, also loves tinned fish.
0: I, I mean tuna. Yeah i don't call it tin fish shut up anyway i don't like any other tin fish let's let that be known only tuna anyway many recipes were marketing ploys and i feel like yeah we don't see as many like food we do see food branded recipes but we don't see like cookbooks on the shelves as much just for spam or just for mayonnaise and they're way less wild these days um so a lot of the cookbooks back in the day were, were were kind of just like marketing ploys or ways to show off the products. Uh, during the 40s and the 50s, many foods that we now consider to be like pantry staples were brand new to the market, and people didn't really know what to do with them. So to make these products more popular and to, to encourage people to make them a part of their daily life, companies created lots of recipes with them. Um, the thing is, when these were really fresh products, a lot of times the companies themselves didn't know the best or most palatable ways to cook with them so they ended up with some experimental recipes and last but not least uh a practice that is very common now was not as common back in the day which is most cookbooks apparently did not test their recipes uh in modern cooking that is a must like there are recipe testers You know, like, online recipes, uh, of course, for, like, books that are published and things like that. But apparently, you could go wild back in the day publishing recipes that you didn't try yourself. Um, A retro recipe I see, for some reason, in memes all the time is, like, ham and banana hollandaise, where it's just whole bananas wrapped in pieces of sliced ham slathered in hollandaise sauce. So, yeah. Anyway... (laughs) So that is that, but I'm going to end this with some, I wrote fun food facts, but I don't this is actually fun, this is more depressing, but anyway, FYI, uh, in comparing ourselves to the past, we eat a lot more than we used to. Uh, the average Americans consumed 2,481 calories a day in 2010, which is about 23% more than they used to eat in the 1970s. Um, And that is more than most adults need to maintain their current weight, according to Mayo Clinic. Um, For example, a 40-year-old man of average height and weight, I don't know what average is, who's moderately active, for instance, needs 2,400 calories. And a 40-year-old woman would need only 1,815 calories. That's gross. 1,800 is way too low. Anyway, nearly half of those calories that we consume these days comes from just two food groups flours and grains and fats and oils which is not the most healthy most of the fats we consume are in the form of vegetable oils whether it be soybean, corn canola or other oils used in our fatty ass foods (laughs) (laughs) are those fun facts? (laughs) okay now I pose the question to you again what do you think is a food that we eat now without a second thought that will be seen as gross as fuck in the future?
1: I don't know. Is a Luther burger already gross?
0: What is a Luther
1: burger? The burger and the donut.
0: Oh. I mean, yeah. I think don't most people kind of find that gross anyway? Isn't it mostly like a novelty to eat?
1: Yeah. Um, I kinda just keep thinking of burgers.
0: Um yeah,
1: uh, all of Taco Bell.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> okay, Taco Bell's a delicious. <laughs> uh how about Tofurky? No, not Tofurky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that the Tofurky looks fucking disgusting. Not to shit on vegetarians. Yeah. Uh, let me think of something that's not shitting on vegetarians.
1: Uh, well, turducken's not. That's gross.
0: Yeah. Do want, yeah. That is gross.
1: I don't know if that's real though.
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I wonder if pork rinds might seem gross far in the future. Just eating like pig skin. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I can't really think of anything like. I mean, maybe our. Our. Festival of milks. Our festival of non dairy milks will seem gross later.
1: I don't know. Or just milk yeah. in general.
0: Oh, fucking cow milk is so fucking gross. <laughs> I think gross now. Oh, yeah. Also, our milk consumption has decreased. Oh, I didn't write that down. Our milk consumption has decreased a lot, which is no surprise. But um, anyway, so like I said, this is a bit of an abbreviated episode. We're, we're filming it the day before filming it What we're recording the day before it needs to go out so we don't want to give pete too much to edit and also i've had a crazy week so i don't have too much time but hopefully that was fun pete do you have any plugs
1: i actually don't this week um everything you know hey you know what i want to plug you whoa whoa what (laughs) i want to plug you listener you're great
0: yeah. Thanks, listener. <laughs> uh I wanna plug QAnon Anonymous. I might have plugged that already. I was going to do a podcast on this like weird visual map of like an awakening map that QAnon like finds significant, but I had to do a lot of my research on my work computer. <laughs> <laughs> and I I would become problematic so i didn't
1: good call um what good call
0: yeah yeah so uh yeah uh q anon anonymous podcast has been fascinating if you've heard about QAnon but don't know anything about them it's a really really good primer on like and it really just makes you i mean it makes you scared to know all the psychotic things q anon believers believe but uh it's just very interesting uh I was hoping to plug something else today. I called in, not I called in. I I submitted a story to my favorite celebrity gossip podcast, but their Thursday episode hasn't come out yet. So I don't know if they aired it. So stay tuned for that thrilling thing, everybody. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening and uh, join our
1: Patreon where you can get Spotify playlists now.
0: Yeah, if uh, if you give to our patron, I didn't realize we made a Spotify playlist for you. Uh, like I said, check your mailbox uh, to our patron that didn't give us our your address. What you didn't give us your address? If you send want, any time. Yeah, send it any time. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Have a be safe out there. Have a be safe. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 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 oh,